0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. We are going to be studying Matthew, Matthew chapter 7 today. We have been in a series called Follower. And Jeff has been preaching the last few weeks about what it means to be a follower of Christ. Um, in this day and age, when you follow someone, it's typically online. It means that you're a fan, you're a supporter, you're kind of watching from a distance, you're watching what they do. I follow. I, somebody said this to me the other day. Or they were talking to my daughter, and they're like, Oh, I know who you are because I follow your mom. And I was like, It felt weird. And you may have that said to you, like, Oh, I follow you. And you're like, Okay, I don't know. That feels like a strange thing to say. But um, in this day and age, follower means something completely different than what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And Jeff has kind of been going through some stories when Jesus called the first disciples, and he said, Hey, I want you to drop your nets. I want you to let go of everything you've been doing, and I want you to come and follow me. And what that meant was that they literally left their whole lives. They put down everything that they had known, and they walked and followed Jesus wherever he went. They followed him. They they went to every town he went to. They stayed where he stayed. They ate where he ate. They sat and they learned at his feet. And I think um, it's so interesting that what we think of as a follower is so different, right? Because we think of a follower as a supporter, a fan, an observer. And in this day and age, we can follow someone online and think we really know them and yet we really have no idea who they are. You kind of watch, and you're thinking, I even know what you ate for lunch today, and yet we don't really know who they are. Um, Brooke and I, a couple years ago, went to Waco, Texas to go to the visit Magnolia, which was super, super fun, and um, we were standing in the Magnolia shopping area, and I was standing there, and I looked over at this woman, kind of looking at some of the trinkets, and I recognized her and her name is Jen Johnson. You might not know who she is, but I know who she is because she's a very famous worship leader from a church in California called Bethel Church, and we sing a lot of their songs, and um, I follow her on Instagram, and I've seen her videos and, and her teaching, and I just love her, and so I'm looking, and I'm like, that's Jen Johnson, and I'm looking around trying to see if anybody else has noticed that it's Jen Johnson, and I'm thinking, like, I know so much about Jen Johnson. In my heart, I felt like we were friends because I know so much about her. And so I just walked right over and I grabbed her hand right in the bowl of little tchotchkes that she was looking at and I grabbed her hand and I'm like, hi, I know you. And she looked at me like, is there security around here? And I said, I'm so happy to meet you. I'm such a fan. I think you're so great. I mean, I'm not really a fan because, I mean, that's weird because it's all about Jesus, but and I could not have been more awkward. I just stood there holding her hand, just talking about how I just loved her music and how she was so great and I loved her teaching. And I'm looked over at Brooke and she has this look like, I cannot believe that I'm watching this happen right now and that she is not. And all of a sudden, I clued in that I still had her hand. And I finally was like, oh, It's really nice to meet you. And I kind of backed away and she was like, Okay, goodbye. <laughs> and we laughed so hard because I felt like I knew her. I felt like I knew her. But clearly, I did not know her. I knew a lot about her and clearly she did not know me at all. And that, I think, sometimes is how we view. Our relationship with Christ. We kind of have this distant thing and we kind of were like, wow, I kind of, I know about Christ. I know about what he says. I know about, I, I'm aware of all that he's doing and yet there's really no connection. We're not, we don't really know him. We don't really follow him in the way that he wants us to follow him and so we are going to talk about this today. Being a follower of Jesus has to mean more than just being aware of God or familiar with the Bible. And yet we don't really have a connection with God. We aren't really following him. We haven't really given our lives over to him. It has to be more than that. You can't just believe there has to be more to it. And when the disciples dropped their nets and followed Jesus, they left everything they had. And from that moment on, they watched everything he did and went everywhere he went and listened to everything that he had to say And they integrated it into their own lives. They were changed. The entire trajectory of their life changed. Nothing was the same after they followed Jesus. And if we are to be his followers, it means that we study everything that he did and learn everything that he has said, and we integrate it into our lives It becomes a part of the framework of how we live. It's not just something we observe from a distance, but it becomes a part. It changes everything. And if it hasn't changed everything, then I would ask the question, are we really following him? If it's just something from a distance, are we really a follower of Christ? And so today we're going to look in chapter 7 of Matthew. And part, this is the Sermon on the Mount, part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' message to his followers on the Mount of Olives. And it starts all the way back in Matthew chapter 5. So this week in your reading, you could go back and read the whole sermon. In Matthew, this is the first thing that he uh, teaches. He has called his disciples. He's told them all to come. And this is the first teaching that we see. He sits down on the Mount of Olives. And he begins to just talk. In Matthew chapter 5, he teaches all kinds of things. It just goes on and on for for two straight chapters. He sits down these disciples and he begins to show them what it will look like to be a follower of Christ. It starts with the Beatitudes. Right away he shows them that it would be an upside-down kingdom. It would be different than what they had thought. The poor would be the richest. The sad and mournful would be the most blessed. And the humble would be the ones that gain the earth. Then he talks about being salt and light and what it means to be a part of the kingdom of heaven while still living on this earth. Then he talks about the law and anger and adultery and divorce and making vows. And he keeps going on and on and on and on and on and on until he gets to the end of his speech. And he ends with a story about building our lives on a solid foundation. And that's what I want to talk about today. Building our lives on a solid foundation. And I want us to answer this question today by the time we leave. What is my life built upon? What is the foundation of my life? What is it built upon? We all know the answer of what we should say here. But I hope is that we take a few minutes and look at scripture that will allow the Holy Spirit to really shine a light into our hearts. And for us to be really honest about what truly is at the foundation of our life. About what we have built our lives upon. So let's look at Matthew 7, starting in verse 24. It says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on a bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds his house on the sand when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Let's just pray before we dive into this. Lord, I thank you that your word is everything to us. God, I thank you that there is truth in your scriptures that will change our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts to you today. You have permission to show us places where we've built our lives on something other than you. You have permission to point out places that we need to surrender, that we are not truly following you. We've just been observers. So God, come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing I want to share about this today, number one, everyone is building a house. Every single one of us is building a house. You are building a house of your life. It is just the reality. Every single one of us is building our world. We're building our house. Every decision that you make is creating the structure of your life. You don't get out of it. You don't get to live in mom's house forever. You don't get to go move in with grandma. You don't even get to live in your spouse's house. You are crafting the structure of your life every day by the decisions that you make. Every single one of us is building a house And you are building your life. And you have a choice to whether you're going to build it on something solid or something shaky. Galatians 6-7 in the Passion Translation says, Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant, it will always be the very thing you harvest. What you are using to build your life is going to create the structure of what your life is. And this is really, really important because I think for a lot of us, we don't think a lot about the foundation of our life. Um, downtown, I drive downtown to go to work every morning, and they tore down this old building. And so they have been building in its place probably since June. And so every day I drive by it, there is nothing pretty about foundations. Every day I drive by and I'm like, ooh, let me see what rebar I can see today. Or, ooh, more gray cement. I'm so excited for this building. There's nothing beautiful about foundations. There's nothing great about it. And guess what? It takes a long time to build a foundation. It's not something that looks great that everybody gets excited about. Um, We're also in a building program um, at my job and we meet with the architects and we sit and we look at the scope of all of the the beautiful things and we talk about the glass that'll go on the outside. Nobody is sitting there so excited about tell me about the foundation. I just want to hear all about it. Could you just describe it in great detail? There's nothing exciting about foundations, right? We like to spend our time looking on the pretty stuff, right? We want to move right into the finishes and fixtures and the stuff that people see in the externals and we want it all to look good up here. And yet, so often we take very little time to think about what is at the foundation of our lives. What are we really building on? What's going on in here? What are the things that are fundamental and core to you? We We spend very little time thinking about the strength of the foundation of our lives. We're building on this beautiful exchange bank building over here. And it is a beautiful building. But the first thing the engineers did when they walked into that building is they went to the basement and they looked at the foundation. And it's really good, by the way, just so you know. I guess in 1800, they really knew how to build a foundation because that sucker's not going anywhere. But that's the first thing they looked at because it wouldn't matter how beautiful it is on the top if it was crumbling underneath. We wouldn't even step foot in it because it isn't safe. And so often we don't spend the time looking at our foundation. I've been involved over the years of prayer counseling ministry. And the fundamental core of this prayer counseling ministry is this. Every bad fruit in your life comes from a bad root. Let me say that again. Every bad fruit, so the stuff that you're seeing out here, it comes from a bad root. And so often we come in and we say, could you please help me? I have this anger problem. This fruit is yucky, this anger, or this, I I lie, I don't know. Can you help me not lie anymore? And you have to take the time and go, well, every bad fruit, it's coming from a bad root. Why are you doing that? Where is that coming from? Is it unforgiveness? Is it pain? What's at the root? And so often we just want the fruit to go away and we never take the time to go into the root and pull out those bad roots that we have allowed to grow and grow and grow until fruit begins to show on the outside. And so the foundation is the place that all the fruit is going to start to grow out. And so you have to take the time to look at what is going on inside of you. Sometimes we just say, man, I really hate that fruit, the anxiety or anger or in addiction or instability or the strife in our relationships that always feel like they are coming apart. And what we don't realize is that the fruit isn't the problem. The root is the problem. And if you took care of the root, the fruit eventually would go away. We have to look at the foundation of our lives So how much time are you taking to look at what is going on under the surface to make sure that you are strong and healthy? Taking the time to not just look at the surface, but to get under the hood and look at what's going on inside of you. Is there bitterness? Is there exhaustion? Let me tell you, you are never more vulnerable to the enemy than when you are exhausted. I will tell you this again. If you are exhausted, the enemy is coming after you. It's just what he does because we're vulnerable. You have to take a look. What's going on inside of you? Is it pain? Is there something inside that's broken and it's coming out sideways in other areas? You've got to get to the root if you want the fruit to change. We all have to live in the house that we're building. You can't get out of it. And the reality is if you don't take the time to make sure that your house is built on something strong, It's going to be on shaky ground. Number two, everyone's foundation will be tested. Isn't that the good news of scripture? Yay, storms of life come to everyone. And that's what's really going to show what our lives are built upon. If we look back in Matthew 7, verse 25 says, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house. And down to 27, when the rains come. It's not if, it's when. When the rains come, there will come a time when your foundation is tested. And you can spend all of the time, time in the world making what is visible look good on the outside. But there is no faking what your life is built on when the wind starts to blow. There's just, you just can't fake it. It just starts to show. And that could be an everyday storm like stress or conflict or making a decision. Or it could be a really big storm like temptation or sickness or a breakdown in your relationships. But the winds will blow and you will see what your life has been made of when the rain starts to come. There's no way around it. And the scripture is saying the wise person will pay attention to the foundation before the wind starts blowing. The wise person will take the time to build on something strong before the rain starts to fall so that they're prepared when that moment comes. Your life will be tested. Your life will be tested. And how much better to build your life on something solid before you face that storm, to have done the work inside of plucking up those bad roots, to have done the work to make sure that you're building on something solid, that your roots are good and deep before the wind starts to come. Because that is the moment you will find out what your life has been built upon. So everyone's foundation will be tested. And the last point is this. Everyone's foundation is obedience. So when we look at this scripture. I want to ask you a question. What is Jesus saying is the foundation? Of course, I've heard this story my whole life. Grew up in Sunday school. We would sing the song, anybody? The wise man built his house upon the rock. Anybody know the song? I know my mother does because she's probably taught it to me. Rains came down and the floods came up. See, Matt even knows the hand things. Yeah, the rains came down and the floods came up. So I've heard this story my whole life. And, of course, I've always thought the firm foundation in this story was Jesus, which is kind of a vague concept but a good concept. But as I was studying this week, I read some commentaries that opened up my eyes to something really interesting. Jesus was very specific as to what he was saying we should build our lives upon. The foundation isn't Jesus. The foundation is obedience. Okay, let's look at it again. Verse 24 says, if anyone listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. But in verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on the sand. He's very specific. He's not just saying, if you believe in Jesus. He is very specific. The only difference between these two people is this. One hears it and does it. One hears it and doesn't do it. See the difference? They both knew. They both heard. They both knew. But one heard it and let it integrate into their life and did something about it. And the other one just heard it And then ignored it. We're not talking about people who have never heard the teachings of Jesus whose lives are falling apart. We're talking about people who have heard and yet have chosen not to do what Jesus said to do. This is important to note. So often I wonder why it seems like people in the church seem to be just as messed up as people outside of the church. Perhaps it's not an issue of hearing, it's an issue of obeying. It's not just knowing what Jesus has taught, but it's actually taking the time to incorporate those things into your life. It's not listening that's a problem, it's following that's the problem. Jesus is saying, hey, the wise man listened to what I said and then he followed me and did what I said. And his life was solid. His foundation was firm because he did what I told him to do. But the foolish one, he heard. He heard what I said, but he just chose to keep doing his own thing and to not obey me and not do what I said. Jesus is saying in this passage, the thing that will bring stability and strength to your life is obeying the things that you hear from me. The thing that will build strength, will build confidence, will build security. It's doing what I tell you to do. It's not doing what I tell you not to do. It's knowing my word and incorporating the things that you read into your own life. It's learning that I am following through with my actions, what I say I believe. There's a verse that just always haunts me in Matthew 15. Jesus says, "There are people that honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away." That we could be people that say all the right things, that know all the right answers, and yet in our hearts there's no true devotion. We're not truly knit to Christ. We're just doing things the way we've always done them. But listening and then doing, that's the whole ball game. Your life will be built on a solid foundation if you obey the teachings of Jesus. Now, please note that your life will not be solid if you believe the teachings of Jesus. Please note, your life will not be solid if you like the teachings of Jesus. Please note, your life will not be solid if you intend to follow the teachings of Jesus. If you're simply stopping at believing in Jesus, you're still building your life on sand. Where the rock comes in is when you integrate it and you begin to do the things that he tells us to do. So my question to you today is, are you obeying Jesus? Is there something today that he has asked of you and yet you refuse to obey Maybe it's just a matter of you have yet to fully give your life to Christ. Maybe you've just kind of been listening, liking, observing, following from a distance, and yet you've never said, okay, I have to take the next step into my life of faith and saying that I am now going to follow the teachings of Jesus and incorporate it into the way I live my life. Maybe that's the next step for you today. Maybe it's something of an area of sin in your life. And God has been telling you, stop this now. You are building on shaky ground. Stop. And you are justifying it. And you continue to just do what you want to do. You've heard it, but you won't incorporate it. You're on sand. You are on shaky ground. And the wind is going to come. And you're going to be in a mess Take the time now to stop and say, okay, God, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to obey you because there's a reason. You know, I was thinking about this today. I think a lot of the time the reason we struggle with obedience is because we don't know how much God is for us. Would you agree? That God tells us to do something and we start to rationalize it and go, but I don't like that. Or that doesn't sound very fun. Or I think I understand a better way or I don't get it. And yet, when we really have an understanding that everything that that God does for us is for our highest good, if he says yes, it's because he has so much good for you in that yes. And if he says no, it's because he has so much good for you in that no. But we think we know better and we doubt the love of God and so we don't do what he's told us to do. And we're on shaky ground. And we don't understand why our lives are in upheaval. It's because we haven't integrated it, and we haven't obeyed what God has told you to do. You are on shaky ground, my friend. Is there an area of your life where you've decided that you know better than God, and so you continue to do what you want instead of allowing Jesus to lead you? The foundation isn't hearing the word of God. The foundation is doing it. I'm going to ask Jeff to come. We're going to just take a little time at the end here Just to pray. The Lord woke me up at 6 o'clock this morning. And I've been praying all morning. Because this is a specific word for somebody here. I don't know who you are. But I feel like the Lord said, the instability in your life will not go away until you do what I've told you to do the instability of your life, it, it's not going to go away. It's going to keep happening. And it's not because God isn't powerful enough to take it away. It's because you're choosing to disobey when God has told you to do something or told you not to do something. And you continue to justify it and make excuses. And God desperately wants you to feel the solid rock beneath your feet. But until you obey him, your life will continue to feel unstable. And I felt it was specifically for instability in your life, whether that's anxiety, whether that's just emotional upheaval, whether it's relational upheaval where you feel like, man, we can't land on this, or whatever it might be, I truly believe that God has been speaking to some of you about about the instability of your life. And he's already given you an answer. You've heard. But you have to do what he has told you to do. You have to incorporate it. And until you do that, the instability won't go away. Let's bow our heads today. if everybody could just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if that's you today, if that's for you, if there's something in your life that you know God has spoken, just between you and God, would you raise your hand just as a sign that you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Jesus you're good lord we know that you always have our best interest at heart but father our minds sometimes cannot wrap around how we're gonna get there and sometimes you ask us to take steps that feel so scary and they feel so outside of ourselves and we wonder, Lord, if we heard you right, and we wonder if it could really work out, and God. So we lean on our own understanding. And Father, we recognize that when we do that, we place ourselves on sandy soil, and we're building our lives on our own wisdom. But Jesus, today, we recognize that the only way to step our feet onto solid ground, is through obedience. It's through giving our lives wholly to you. It's through laying down our own agenda, our own understanding of trusting you with all our hearts, and giving you every part of us. So Jesus, I pray that today you would give courage to those that need to obey you in an area that you have been speaking to them about. That you would give courage and bravery to those who feel like they're on shaky ground. But know that the path to stability is through obedience. So God, whatever that thing is, I pray that you would just grant them the strength to be able to walk that out. Lord, give them the courage to speak up when they need to speak up. Lord, to ask others for help. Lord, I thank you that you're gonna bring stability and healing to hearts and lives today through the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's all stand together.